right here is everything you need. This ain't no get rich quick thing. Create your own economy. Cause we ahead of the crypto curve. Yeah. Create your own economy. Let's get ahead of the crypto curve. Yeah. Learn from the queen of crypto, your host. Naja Roberts, leading people out of financial slavery through Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Create your own economy. Let's get ahead of the crypto curve. Learn to get left behind. Hello, hello, everyone. Good afternoon and welcome to Ahead of the Crypto Curve, where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires. One family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time. And ladies and gentlemen, that means you. I am your host, Naja Roberts, and it is my mission in life to lead my people out of financial slavery. Today is Thursday, February 23rd, 2023. And what a great day it is. And to the Cryptopians, whose birthday today and that is Wes Hayer, Elise Marie, Kanisha Blake, and Christina Palalu. I would like to say happy birthday to each and every one of you. I hope that your day is filled with love, joy, peace, happiness, and all of the fabulous things that you deserve this particular day. So today, we are still in the middle of Black History Month. You all know that I call it Black Futures Month because we have to know where we've been in the past to know where we're going in the future or how to actually conduct ourselves to move forward in the future. And so for that, we are honoring today Miss Lisa Francoeur. Now, Miss Lisa is the co-founder of a organization called Crypto Tutors. And if you've ever seen Lisa, she is a, I would call her a fashion extraordinary. <laughs> and so she is doing her thing in the cryptocurrency space. The Crypto Tutors uh, worked alongside myself and the Black Bitcoin Billionaires as we educate uh, in our community and just really making sure that people have a firm understanding about what cryptocurrency is. And so Lisa is most of the time on stage with me when we go to different events and venues because she's one of the other African-American women that are in the space that is educating. But she is so much more fashionable <laughs> in, in her show up uh, than I am because I am definitely all about getting the education. I don't want to do anything to deter from people getting the information they need based on what I'm wearing. So that being said, uh, again, Lisa is our honoree of the day and we'd like to thank her for all that she's doing in our community to continue the the push in the pool as we educate our community. And ladies and gentlemen, our cryptocurrency quote for the day is a quote from me. And it says, in dealing with money, the unconditioned mind can spot wrong answers, but it takes a reconditioned mind to spot the wrong questions. And we have been asking 
we've been getting the wrong answers, but we haven't been looking at what those questions are. And so we want to really get our community eyes, ears, and mouths in tune with everything that we need moving forward in this next 10 years so that our monetary situation, our wealth gap closing situation really um, is actually affected that, that there's some change that is going to take place because we have reconditioned our mind to spot the wrong questions. And so we're asking those questions again, doing the opposite of how we were raised. We are actually asking why these days. And I think that's why a lot of our millennials and Gen Z's and G Gen X's are doing so well because they stop asking uh, they stop being fearful to get popped in the mouth for asking why. And so we're asking why. And so with that conversation, we're going to continue today to talk about some of the things that I have been trying to uncover, not necessarily uncover, but break down so that our community can understand exactly what it is that moves the needle in this country. That's money, first and foremost. But how does this money work? How do all of these regulatory bodies fit into the scheme of things? And I know I got a lot of eyebrows raised and a lot of people asking questions about my statement that the feds and the government are two totally different entities. And, um, you know, it's not for me to prove that that is correct. We just already know that's a fact. It's a fact. And a step further, I said that the federal government and the government, the feds and the government, that's how I, I, I coined it, are actually fighting. And I got a, a bunch of eyebrows raised because people want to know how is that? And the day before yesterday, we kind of went a little bit into it. But today I am going to go in depth on how both the Fed and the government are at odds about our money right now and give you a better real understanding. We'll talk about actual assets and things that transpire that make both the feds and the government at odds about what's happening with money right now and who's going to win. Not only who's going to win because we're here today so that we win. So what should we be doing better? And so we're going to cross that bridge today because it is an important information. If you didn't hear the last conversation, not to worry, because I've tried to write this up so that we reiterate some of the things that we talked about the other day, but then bring you into new conversation as it relates to what we should be doing and why that's important immediately. So when we come forward, ladies and gentlemen, we'll continue the cryptocurrency conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. In a moment, more with Naja Roberts as we get ahead of the crypto curve on KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right, welcome forward. So when I say that the feds and the government are fighting, let me just expound on that so we can get a firm understanding about money and then we can move more later into the cryptocurrency conversation so if you want to know what they're fighting about in my opinion is the federal reserve is fighting the u.s government 
And my question has always been, who's going to win? Well, many people think the Federal Reserve is a part of the government, which is part of the problem. None of us have been really educated. They don't teach money in school. They're, they don't teach money in college unless you're taking an accounting course. And then they don't go through the basics and those things. So you've been hearing from me that they're fighting. And so... It may not make sense to you. And that's why we had a bunch of individuals asking questions. Well, the banks, of course, are authorized by Congress. They maintain their independence. So banks have nothing to do, obviously, with the government specifically. And we're seeing this on display right now. There are many factions around the world that are actually fighting over the control of money, of course. Money is this thing that every country, every jurisdiction, every county, every city, every household has to and wants to control money specifically. And so it's an important part of our lives. But who is going to con control the money is the biggest thing that everybody wants to know. Our nation's central banks want to control money. And yes, even these institutions in inside of the United States are really fighting to figure out how to control the money. But I'm going to broke down that battle between the the Federal Reserve Bank and the United States government and about how Jerome Powell specifically and Janet Yellen are at odds because they're really wanting the opposite things. They want all of their goals are different. They're not the same. And I, I said that a little bit earlier this week, and we're just really going to take a quick dive into this fight. And you can be a judge for yourself of who will win the battle. I just really don't feel like the government is going to lose because they can just print money if they need to. But that's another story. And who's going to navigate the fight? And most of all, our investments, what happens with our investments? Because we're in the middle. But then what are we doing with our money? And I can't tell you what we should do with our money because I'm not a financial advisor anymore on purpose. But I can tell you what I'm doing with my money and let you all kind of read between the lines and figure those things out. So let's go. You know, my mission in life is to lead our people out of financial slavery. So that makes my job to give you the right information so you can actually change the way you think about money because these things are really difficult. They're complex. Um, and I'm going to break them down. So it very easy to understand. And so again, reach out to your friends and family, anybody that's interested in learning about all of this money stuff. This is a great midday time for everyone to learn because learning about this money and how to manage it and budget and all those things is a battle. So here is where we are. We got these politicians. They want more money to buy more votes, right? We got the Federal Reserve trying to fight against the Treasury. And of course, all that's working against what we want to do with our own money because we earned it. We should be able to control it. So where we are, um, I just really want to say real quick that we've been talking about these subjects for months. So you all can go back and listen to some of the past podcasts or the 
past shows to help keep you up to where we are right now. But this is an evolving work. It's not linear. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to build on principles. And so that's what we're doing. But not only build on principles, we've got to be nimble. We've got to be able to move fast. We've got to be able to move tactical. And we have got to manage our own portfolios. So today, if you're listening to me, I don't care if you have a financial advisor. I was once one. And I think that my clients should have all listened to me. And rightfully so, because I did all the things to get those licenses. But ladies and gentlemen, you have to do that as well as manage and pay attention to your own portfolios. You only should. And and this is what I say all the time. Inspect what you expect. So if you expect your financial advisor to be doing all these things for you to make you comfortable during retirement, inspect that thing. Don't just take somebody's word for it because you may have to pivot. And so right now the feds are going to pivot because of that consumer price index that they came out with um, a, a couple of weeks ago and it caused a lot of commotion. And I know I keep up a lot of commotion because I'm getting calls. And that's a good thing. That means people are really paying attention. So let me answer some of those questions because the battle of money is real. And um, we've got to know that he who controls the money controls the world. The control of cryptocurrency in this space And being the queen of crypto around crypto for a very long time, one of the things I always hear people say is the government will never allow something like cryptocurrency to exist. They don't want competition. And that is a very valid argument. And I am not going to negate that fact at all. And it's a good argument. But which governments and what government won't allow it? And I'm going to say this again with the pen in it. And as my mentor, Tavis Smiley, says, full stop, Bitcoin is not stoppable. Full stop. See what I know when I look at that blockchain, when I look at that, when I look at the way that Bitcoin is actually set up, how the computer program is run, how it has allowed it to be distributed on everybody's computer so that everyone can check and and do checks and balances. This thing is incredible. But today we're here talking about the Federal Reserve. So when you ask me uh, what governments are going to stop it, are we talking about the Federal Reserve? Are we talking about the European European central banks? Are we talking about the People's Bank of China? Are we talking about the Bank of Japan? All of these different countries and all of these different governments, all central banks, we even have the IMF. They're all trying to figure out who is going to control the money. And so really, because we're here in the United States, it's the most important thing. You must know, as I've stated that, and you all know that the U.S. dollar is the reserve world currency right now. That means right now, and I keep saying right now, I hope you get a hint. The United States reigns supreme on everybody. The Federal Reserve reigns supreme over everybody else. And so within us being the king on the hill, the top dogs, the real top dogs, the Federal Reserves, um, what they do is they take care of monetary policy. So please understand what I'm saying. The Federal Reserve takes care of monetary policy 
policy. But the government, the U.S. Treasury, handles fiscal policy. And between these two entities, they are warring right now over who will control the money within the United States government. Not in five years, not in 10 years, right now today. That's why all these different reports are coming out. And these reports have come out in the past. But right now, based on what comes out in these reports, is how they move money or how they make changes in the way they move money, which is why we need to understand critically how these things play a part into us going to the grocery store. Ultimately, at the end of the day, no matter what they do, as I've always stated, it hits the hood the hardest. And so those are the communities. Those are the people, maybe the haves and the have nots, but that's really what it is. And so what is happening? So what you need to understand is everybody has different agendas and different things that they need to do. And the feds, they want a stronger dollar, period. They want a stronger dollar. They don't want the dollar to become weak and they don't want the dollar to become worthless. Now, who that that's a, that's a hard one because the feds want to control the dollar. And they're pretty much a private institution, semi-private institution run by bankers, the likes of Jamie Dimon, the New York feds, uh, the top bank in the fed banking system, all of that stuff. And of course, you've got Jerome Powell. They don't want to lose group grip on the dollar. And that dollar, of course, has been all over the world and it's it's in other people's eyes strong and some people's eyes is starting to get weak, which is why they're raising interest rates, shrinking balances, the balance sheets um, in order to make the dollar stronger. And so you got one fighting to be stronger and one fighting to just keep prices down. And so. Um, the U.S. government and the Treasury want more money. Every single politician, as I said, has to make a promise for social spending. I don't know if you start peeking your ear to these politicians, they're talking about social spending. Well, if there's going to be social spending, there has to be some money somewhere to spend. And because every single person running for office has to promise more social spending than the candidate or the person that held the office before or that they're fought, um, fighting against or trying to take the seat from, they have to raise the debt ceiling more and more. It has to get raised because they want more money for the military industrial complex. They need more money to fight all of these. I'm going to say this. I know I'm going to get some calls. They want to fight these imaginary wars, wars that we put ourselves in or we involve ourselves in, but all of those things. And so some people may be, beg to differ, but I say we got enough problems going on right here at home that need to be dealt with. But so the treasurer uh, wants more money and the feds want less money because they want the dollar to be stronger. So as we go through that and we understand the government spending is going up. There's no way for us to get around that. Just know that all these wars and all these places that we're sending money. In fact, until I got into this cryptocurrency space, 
I did not realize how much money the United States government gives to some they use the word concentration camps and and we'll get into that another day because I uncovered I didn't uncover it somebody was speaking where I was located because they wanted us to get involved in this cryptocurrency that helped these people that are in these refugee camps and some some concentration camps and they were talking about how much money was brought over by American uh, military in bags, duffel bags full of American dollars. And we're going to talk about that another day. Please don't let me forget because I'm, I want to uncover that too. So you all actually know what's happening. But with that being said, we spend a lot of money right now and the debt ceiling is again up in arms. As you all know what they're saying, we have up until the summer in order to raise the debt ceiling, because again, the government needs money to do all of these things that they need to do. But the problem is it comes from us. And I was surprised to see who actually gets taxed the most. And we'll talk about that in a second. But there's $1.7 trillion in spending that they want to give uh, this money to the Ukraine. $1.7 trillion in spending that they want to give to Ukraine. And that's on the table still, as I know, because so many things are happening up under some of these other headlines, but they want to give assistance to all type of people, the UBI, etc. But again, the government needs to spend more money. The problem is the government income has gone down. So remember, the government and the Federal Reserve are separate. So the government's income is going down because the feds have raised the interest rate and a lot of people and it hasn't inflation has not peaked as of yet. And by raising these rates, it actually restricts money that was going to crush the market to bring asset prices down. When asset prices come down, ladies and gentlemen, that causes uh, when asset prices come down, it, it causes the federal government to get less in tax receipts because they make less money. So it's going to cause a big problem. And um, it's causing a big problem. I shouldn't say it's going to. And so when the prices come down, less tax receipts on big things like boats. Uh, and, and I know a lot of them evade taxes because they have offshore accounts. And I say a lot of them. So we're talking about the wealthy people. They've written this stuff into trust. They're doing things like paying their children, you know, and it's not a bad thing because it's a tax code. It's legal. They're doing what's legal, but it definitely gives less money to the federal government. Just so you understand where the money they get. Uh, comes from so that we can understand how these things play one against the other. Um, when the stocks are high, when home prices are high, things like that. When you sell your stocks and other assets, you pay taxes on it. Your um, your stock accounts, your retirement accounts, all of those things. When those things are together, let's be honest, especially in our community, we feel like we're rich. When our stock accounts look good, our retirement accounts look good. When our houses look good, we spend a little bit more money, right? So we go out and we pay taxes on the things that we buy. All of that goes to our federal government. So the cause of tax, the, the cause, so that 
uh, causes tax receipts to go up when the prices are come down because people spend more and they just do. That's just the bottom line. So um, what we need to know is that a lot of our taxpayers right now happen to be the top 5% income earners in the United States. And what I found in my research was 60% of the income tax that comes in comes from the top five income earners in the United States. And that 60% is a lot of money. And we don't earn um, we don't earn what what they would say to be the top five percent of the income earners. But what we do is we spend as consumers almost equal to what they pay in taxes, which is incredible to me. They pay taxes, but they have the stuff. We have the stuff and we pay taxes on those things, which actually equate to almost as much as they pay in taxes. But they have more money and we have more stuff. So it just doesn't quite work out. Uh, it, it works out for them, but for our community, and as we look at the wealth gap and why it's so incredibly huge, that's a sickening statistic that we have the stuff and they have the money, but we've all paid just about the same in taxes. So when we come forward, ladies and gentlemen, we will continue the conversation after news, traffic, and sports. This is KBLA Talk 1580. At KBLA Talk 1580, we do Black history every day. Not just one month a year. Honoring our past, representing the present, charting our future. We're unapologetically progressive. We're KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA Today. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where everybody is somebody and nobody is a stranger. You belong here. All right. Welcome forward. I went on one, but I realized that we are short on time as always. So we'll probably have not probably tomorrow. We'll have part two of feds versus government. But what I do need you to know is tomorrow we're going to discuss just a couple of other things so that you understand what this interest rate, what the CPI data has to do with the jobs data and what steps you can actually take. Cause a lot of people are asking me what I am involved in or invested in. And again, I never invest more than I can afford to lose. So we're going to talk about those things. I'm going to be transparent as to what I really feel like is good for our community. Well, good for my household. I'll say that right now based on what's happening. And so we're going to get into that tomorrow because we definitely have to get into some of the cryptocurrency things that everyone is here for today. So we're going to jump into that with the market report really quickly. And tomorrow we'll pick up where we left off on feds versus the government. And so right now, Bitcoin is trading at $23,955 and it is down in the last hour, 0.30% up in the last 24 hours, 0.63% and down in the last seven days, 2.30%. Ethereum is trading at $1,600 and 52, uh, 16, 52 and it is down in the last hour 0.28% up 
in the last 24 hours, 2.19 and down in the last seven days, 1.68. And again, as I scroll through the pages of over 22,000 cryptocurrencies, the pattern is the same down in the last hour, up in the last 24, uh, looks like we are down in the last, uh, seven days and all the cryptocurrencies follow the leader. And so just take what you will from that. Again, we're just going to continue to bring that up so that, you know, but there are two things that I wanted to share with everyone in the Bitcoin space specifically. And you all know, I tell you, I'm a recovering coinaholic. I still have coins that are locked in exchanges from back in 2016, 2017 that I can't get access to uh, just for one reason or the other. And we'll get into that another day. But what I found is that nearly three hundred and seventy billion dollars with a B in Bitcoin has gone dormant, meaning people are hodling, H-O-D-L-I-N-G, hodling, or we say hodl, hold on for dear life. Investors are keeping their coins still right now, and there's $370 billion worth of Bitcoin that has not moved, and they're not budging to move it. Uh, and this is really the first time in history that this much Bitcoin is being held. It's at a new all time high. So if you've been buying Bitcoin dollar cost averaging alongside me, then you're one of these hodlers. So your three hundred and seventy billion dollars lies well yours lies inside the 370 billion i wish it was our 370 billion because i free all my folks as they say free all my sons i free everybody but um so 370 billion is in wallets because again the bitcoin blockchain is uh, on everybody's computer so we can do our own research we can find out what wallets have been open where the Bitcoin hasn't moved or when somebody moves a big amount of Bitcoin. We can actually see that because Bitcoin's blockchain is distributed. And I'm going to continue to use these words so that you all are listening to CNBC and all these other uh, news channels that are starting currency news. And you'll know exactly what is going on. So Bitcoin is largely not moving again. And that's a great thing. A lot of these um, Bitcoin wallet addresses remain dormant. And this is the highest it's ever been with this 370 billion. And so why is this happening? Someone would ask. And so we started doing a little bit of reading and trying to figure out what is going on. The Bitcoin community has clearly become more long term oriented, focusing primarily on holding. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. Again, I say a lot of times people get bamboozled and they come into cryptocurrency thinking they're going to get rich quick. And then what happens is they find Bitcoin and they find this subtleness like we're all calm. We know because we know because we know that what we're holding on to is going to be incredible at some point. However, 
people don't come into this space like that. They come in moving fast and, you know, I, I, I liken it to, uh, to Lenny. Some of y'all are old enough to remember Lenny on Good Times where he opened his coat and he said, my name is Lenny. <laughs> and he had all of these items inside his trench coat. Well, when you come into the cryptocurrency space, people open up their trench coat and they've got all these cryptocurrencies that they want y'all to buy at a discount. And when Lenny is gone, you find out he stole that from some store or something like that. And so anyway, those are the thieves that are stealing people's money in this cryptocurrency space. And so that's one of my memes that I love that I created because I grew up with Lenny. And um, I think it's important for us to know in this space that those people that are serious about this new digital currency, they're serious about Bitcoin. They're not serious about anything else. Again, if you get involved in a cryptocurrency outside of Bitcoin, it is my opinion that you are doing it for the mission and not the monetization. So if that mission takes your money then you should not feel bad because you did it to support that organization. So, you know, you don't feel bad about that. But other chains such as Ethereum have communities that are building tools and services where coins move significantly more, mostly in pursuit of profits, just so you know. And so that is where we are with that. And I want you to know that the uh, the Bank for International Settlements yesterday actually re released a report that concluded that investors are making profit from buying cryptocurrencies. And a lot of them are really pro traders because remember I told you Bitcoin trades, I mean, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, they all trade 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And they're also whales a well being a person that holds a whole lot of a particular cryptocurrency. Those are the ones that are actually winning because they've got time to sit up all day, 24 seven and trade. And then they hold a lot of this different cryptocurrencies, most of the time buying it when it was very low. And then they are savvy enough to sell it before it significantly declines after they pump it up and get you to buy some of it. And then you buy the rest of it from them. So most Bitcoin buyers uh, entered the market during bull runs when the price was high. And these investors have largely sold for these losses because they were able to write it off on their taxes and things of that sort. But when we come forward, I will continue this conversation just so I can share that we should be hodling, holding on for dear life. And then we're going to talk about another entity that said that they have won against Bitcoin money versus Bitcoin. And I got to read this today because this just tickles me. But anyway, when we come forward, we'll continue the cryptocurrency conversation. This is KVLA Talk 1580. Old money, old money, new money, new money. We've got you covered. Keep it locked to the midday money chain on KVLA Talk 1580. Now, let's get back to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. So if you know anything about the cryptocurrency space, everyone would say that there is kind of a war between fiat currency, which is the dollar, the paper dollar that you hold in your wallet or your purse versus cryptocurrency. And there is a gentleman that got on Bloomberg and stated that. 
fiat money has won against cryptocurrencies. So for those of you that don't know, there is an actual organization called the Bank for International Settlements, the BIS. They have long taken a cautious approach to Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. However, there's no need for caution anymore because they stated that they have won the battle against Bitcoin. And so according to the general manager, his name is Augustin Cartson, who made the claim on Bloomberg this week, this weekend or whatever he said it, that technology does not make for trusted money, along with a lot of other criticism that he gave of the cryptocurrency industry in this um, interview. But the central banks and the BIS have emphasized the need for regulation and risk man management in the cryptocurrency space. But crypto versus fiat battle has been won. And of course, you know, among us individuals that are in the Bitcoin space, it sparked outrage because he has no idea what he's talking about. And they really need to make some corrections. Um, but it's okay. In my opinion, a little bit, I got a little bit irritated because he doesn't know what he's talking about. And he's on uh, a, a platform like Bloomberg and everybody thinks that's gospel, but he'll soon eat his words, just like the person who touted that there would never be a personal home computer in every home. It was just preposterous, but it's happening. And so we will say that in this cryptocurrency space, of course, we want everyone to know of, that there are so many other things going on that are distractions right now. And one of the CEOs of one of the companies that I utilize every single week, that company is called Paxful. I don't quite talk about it all the time, but the CEO of Paxful is a vocal Bitcoin maximalist. And a maximalist is someone that does not buy anything other than Bitcoin. And he actually told Cointelegraph that it's easy to get sucked into these battles but it's all a distraction with no return on investment. He continued to say we must focus on the battles in the global south and fight for every inch of every eyeball. Because what's happening right now in Nigeria is vital for us all. And again, this has to all to do with the banks and the banking system and the changing of the currency. All of those things, ladies and gentlemen, are indications as to what could possibly happen with our government. And we really need to be paying attention. And again, sometimes when you hear Nigeria, you're already thinking negativity because they've led you all to believe. And not that some of them, some of it is not warranted in my opinion, but they've already made us feel like Nigerians are the biggest scammers. When in fact, there's people all over the world that are scammers that use the name uh, to uh, use something to let us think that they're in Nigeria, but that's neither here nor there. Rich, People in Nigeria right now are not able to pull their money from the bank. The currency is changing. Things are going down in Nigeria, and we all need to be paying attention to that because that will soon be us. My grandmother used to always see see somebody on the street, and she would get out and give them food and clothes, and she would always say, there but by the grace of God, there goes I. And I'm telling you, you all. 
I'm telling you all that we've got to really figure out what is um, going on with these other countries so we can figure out what we need to do when our time comes. Because it's not if, it's when. So when we come forward, ladies and gentlemen, we'll continue the conversation. This is KBLA Talk 1580. The Midday Money Chain with Lynn Richardson and Naja Roberts exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. Council. Broadcasting live from Lamar Park, USA. USA. Welcome back to your home for unapologetically progressive radio. KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. So since we just have a few more minutes, let me just reiterate that tomorrow we'll do part two of feds versus government. So we can clean and clear that up and we'll have some actual Marching orders for my family. I'll say for my family again. We'll make sure that we have a real good understanding as to what we're doing so that you all have kind of a a guide, something to follow. And with that, I would like to say that we're also having a ledger in me one, two, three. If you need to know how to store your Bitcoin, you can come to our ledger in me one, two, three It's virtual. It's online. You can do that by sending me a text message four, two, four, three, one, seven, seven, three, seven, three. Again, four, two, four, three, one, seven, seven, three, seven, three. And I will get you that information. We're also having a crypto essentials and that's going to be the weekend after next. And we just go through the basics from the very beginning. You're able to ask questions and do all of those things. So we have that one coming up as well as if you're in the Chicago area, I have been asked to speak for um, James Dentley and his fabulous wife, Kara. Dentley, and they're having an event in March in Chicago. It's it's March 17th, 18th, and 19th. It's called Limitless for Women, and I will be at Limited Limitless for Women educating during Women's History Month because that's what March is. And so I'm excited about that. So I love to see you all out there. If you're in Chicago, if you know anybody in Chicago, please reach out so I can uh, send you the link so you can go ahead and get your ticket and those sorts of things. And I'd love to see you there. They have booked us to come and speak. And so I'm excited about that. And ladies and gentlemen, we are at the time of our show where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires by dollar cost averaging DCA. A DCA a day keeps poverty away. And so I am asking each and every one of you to go ahead and get on your black Wall Street wallet. And that's an app on your cell phone. And you're going to click on the purple circle in the middle, which allows you to get into the app and purchase $6 worth of Satoshis. A Satoshi is the smallest increment of a Bitcoin, just like the penny is the smallest increment of a dollar. And ladies and gentlemen, we are going to, or I'm going to put this $6 worth of Satoshis in my KBLA Talk 1580 wallet because inside of the Black Wall Street wallet, you can put different types or names for wallets in there. Maybe you're saving for a grandchild. You can make that wallet that child's name so you understand why I'm putting it in my KBLA wallet because I'm doing this for a year to show you all how fabulous it is to dollar cost average $6 worth of 
of Satoshi a day. And then every year on that anniversary, I'm going to show you how much I actually have by doing that $6 a day for a year without putting another quarter in it after April 1st. So that's where we're going with that. So ladies and gentlemen, please don't touch that Dow. I would like to thank you each and every one of you for rocking with me here on ahead of the crypto curve. We are making way for the DL Hughley show. And you all know, I say DL is the truth, but what we're doing here on ahead of the crypto curve is creating Satoshi millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time. And ladies and gentlemen, that means you. You're listening to Nadja Roberts on the head of the crypto curve. Please follow her on all social media platforms at Nadja Roberts. No underscores, no dots, no numbers, just Nadja Roberts. Let's close the wealth gap. It's our turn. Learn or get left behind. Create. Your own economy. Let's get ahead of the crypto curve. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.